This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Just a quick note that the first minute and a half of this sounds a little bit garbled, and that's because our tech failed. The recorder didn't kick in for some reason, and we started to record it on an iPhone. However, the recorder did kick in a little bit later, and that's what you get from a minute and a half on. Enjoy this episode with the Colonial Players. Colonial Players is getting ready to open up again in person on April 9th through April 25th for their first run. We're talking with Steve Tobin, who is the president of the organization. We're excited to be back. And this has to be exciting for you. And the... The play that is showing is the Maytag Virgin. Do you want? Can you tell us a little bit about that? So, uh, Maytag Virgin is actually a, a play written by a, a local playwright. Um, it's a nationally known play, but it's written um, by Audrey Cephaly, who actually resides in in Maryland, uh, and uh, we're very excited about that. And it's a play about. Uh, two uh, people who've lost their spouses and are, are living sort of alone uh, next door to each other and uh, how they evolve and come together and uh, find a way to um, get over their loneliness, get over their isolation and come together. Um, And uh, it's about that growing and evolving of a relationship. And so uh, we didn't plan it this way, but uh, I think it actually is uh, very, uh, it's it's a very uh, strong metaphor for us coming out of the COVID world uh, as we've been living in isolation and looking at each other over fences um, and uh, are only now being able to come back together again. So, out of the darkness, so to speak. Darkness. That's well. Yeah. It is a welcome sight for sure. Uh, Colonial Players has been uh, just such a staple in the community for, gosh, what over over seventy years. I was I was going to say sixty or seventy. So it's over yeah. seventy years. Yeah, this is technically our seventy second season. So seventy um, first and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I always talk about that. 2020 is going to be like the 13th floor of a high-rise in an elevator. <laughs> yeah, sure. 10, 11, 12, 14. Is, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just not going to uh, – my daughter was all concerned about how she's going to get a job. How do you explain so – you just write down 2020 and there's not, and nobody in the world is going to yeah, question – Everybody gets a pass. Question that. We totally understand that. Well, what does – what have you had to do – to get to the point where you can reopen. Okay, people are still obviously concerned for their sure. own safety. I mean, we're sitting, you know, six feet apart. We've got masks down around our face, not quite covering them. And uh, people are jockeying for vaccines and everything else. But what has Colonial Players done to make sure that this is a safe environment? What have you had to do to be able to operate? Because, I mean, obviously, for you could bring in two or three people and have a play, but that's not feasible. Yeah. So, I mean... It's been a, a long, hard road to get here. Um, we have, uh, just like everybody, we've been looking at guidance. We've been looking at best practices. We've been, uh, we're, we're members of various theater uh, organizations and, and associations. And uh, we've been looking at what other people have done across the country. And we've come up with our own set of rules and guidance and practices and procedures that are all, 
in line with uh, current state and county regulations, but go that extra mile. We've also done extensive polling of our membership and our subscriber base and gone back to them with questionnaires about what uh, they'd be comfortable with, what kinds of things they'd like to see. Uh, And we've incorporated that into our guidelines as well. And this has been something that's been going on even before we knew that uh, the county and the state would allow live performance again. So we were trying to get ready for that moment when. And um, the other thing we've done is uh, we've uh, been uh, very grateful to receive some some grants uh, that have been out there. And we've used that to improve our uh, streaming capabilities. So um, throughout this period, we've tried to do... Did, wait a minute. Did you have streaming capability before? We had a very, very, <laughs> very limited streaming capability. It was like Frank in the middle of the floor with, yeah. <laughs> with and, a cell phone. And, 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 uh, and quite frankly, the rights, organization, the rights uh, systems weren't set up for streaming performances. So when we did streaming, it was more of... Uh, uncopyrighted work or new work or things that we didn't have to worry about licensing for or, you know, classic works and, and things like that. And and it was like we're all doing, you know, it was it was uh, creative ways to use Zoom and creative ways to right. use uh, uh, Teams or, or whatever platform of your choice. Uh, but with some of the grant funds and some of the uh, new technology that, that's been out there and some of the improved licensing uh, understanding of streaming uh, from the licensing companies, we've been able to to make those investments, and um, I think this we're really excited that Maytag Virgin will in fact have a live audience, but it will also be simulcast uh, to a streaming audience. Um, and uh, so uh, I was joking with other folks that the, you know we're sort of you know film before a live studio audience. And, and, uh, <laughs> Look out Saturday Night Live. And, yeah, and it's uh, uh, so we're really excited by that. And um, uh, I think in in a post COVID world, uh, we'll be seeing some more of that kind of of uh, arrangement. Um, I think the licensing companies are being very understanding and very generous right now. Um, uh, so I'm not sure we'll see it look exactly like what we're able to do now. But in the future, I'm, I'm expecting this to be a component of well, I've got of to things going. Think forward. that COVID in general in, in entertainment has really taken a. Obviously, it's hurt the businesses that provide live entertainment. Sure, uh, that's that's a given. But I've got to think that. As people have adjusted to whatever this new normal is for however long it's going to be. I mean, I thought it was a two-week bug that was rolling in here in March. I had no clue that we'd be here a year later. Um, But I think people are like, okay, hey, I'm doing okay without live music. I'm doing okay without live theater. I'm doing okay without going to a movie and watching it in a theater. And I think that's probably a very real threat. Yeah. To the folks that own the licenses to movies, to yeah. you know artistic rights and everything else, and that they're going to need to adapt to that. They're going to realize that this has to be a part of it. I mean, we need to attract the woman and the man that's going to come and sit in the front row of every single play at the Colonial Players just as much as we're going to have to attract the woman that was sitting in the front row for 10 years but now can't make it tonight for whatever reason there's ice on the roads or something yeah. like that so i think i think there's something unique about live performance whether it's theater or music or any of the live performing arts which is that there's there's a kind of energy and a kind of feedback loop uh that happens between the performer and the audience member and that's really unique uh you don't get that sitting alone 
in your family room or just with a few other family members. Plus, there's about there, there's the idea of uh, shared experience. Um, so when you're in a live performance venue, you're in there with a lot of other people that are experiencing that same unique performance at the same time. And so that's that's a, another unique aspect of live performance. And I think there's something also about the sort of ephemeral nature of it. So in a live performance, it happens and then it's gone, right? You know, you I, I have favorite movies. We all have favorite movies. Sure. And we put those favorite movies on and it's the exact same performance every time. When you go to live theater, it's different every time. And that feedback loop that I talked about causes changes and, and moments hit and moments miss, and those are different and, and things happen. And I think as people get more comfortable, uh, quite frankly, being around other people more, sure. I think um, the first time somebody comes back to a live performance event, I think they'll go, wow. I didn't realize how much I missed that. So I think the trick is really to get people comfortable, to get them to come back in for that first, that first concert, that first play, that first uh, uh, dance presentation, and and say, yeah, I need this, and they'll they'll start coming back. It won't be. It's not going to be a light switch. It's not going to be woohoo. Everybody's free. Come back in. Right. Um, but I think. As, as people get more comfortable, they're going to come back. And, and I think there are a lot of people out there that are um, going through withdrawal and they want to come back. Oh, oh without a doubt. Yeah. So uh, I, I, you know, I don't think, it, as I said, I don't think this is going to be an overnight thing. I don't think it's, it's going to be suddenly everything's back the way it was. Um, I think it's going to take us, you know, months, maybe even years to get back to a kind of uh, new way of appreciating live performance right events um but i'm still optimistic that 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 will happen now are you are you an actor yourself so uh mostly i'm a director but i i am an actor uh um uh, particularly here at colonial players i've I've done both uh mostly directing in in my misspent youth i was uh, a professional actor and director and then i decided i liked uh eating more than uh Priorities, you know, priorities change, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, and that's one of the beauties of, of this theater and this uh, this organization for us is that um, I, I've worked professionally, as I said in my youth, and this is as good a space, as good a company, uh, as good a quality of performance as uh, most of the professional uh, things well, I've been a, involved with. You know, as an actor, I mean, you mentioned that there's the interaction between the audience and the actors, right? And, I mean, how critical is that as an actor? And that's sort of why I asked you whether you were an actor. I mean, how critical is that? I mean, because you know, could mm-hmm. the, the crew and the cast put on a production here yeah. with empty seats? So, you know, so... I mean, that's a rehearsal. Right. Well, so what that is is television, right? So, right. Um, or, or film, right? So, so actors are used to those kinds of performance activities, even when you're when you're making a movie or shooting a, uh, a television episode, you're doing it in front of cast and crew, and there, there's people there, and, and sometimes they generate feedback. Uh, but also those particular 
forms, there's a lot of stopping and starting. There's uh, sometimes it's completely out of sequence, and and so that's a, a whole different level and style of acting that you have to get used to. Uh, that's one of the things that's unique about stage. It's it's it, there's continuity to it. There's that uh, you 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 have to you have to play your mistakes where they lay. So you know mm-hmm. you can't you can't just arbitrarily say cut and reshoot. You you've got to go with it. And and so it's very it's very different. So my my instinct is that yeah we could do it. We would we would probably have as many of the cast and crew visible. But it's tough. You need that feedback. I, w- I would think, and and for those that have not been to the Colonial Players before, you want to avoid the worst seats. There's ten really bad seats in this house, and they're four rows away from the <laughs> stage. Okay, okay. So this is a very small. I say very small, but uh, you said the capacity is 180. It's 180. Uh, we are in the round. That's what we're known for. Right. Uh, although. To be fair, this particular production will not be in the round because of the restrictions and guidelines made that impractical to do it in front of a uh, do a in the round performance in front of in front of a live audience. But uh, yeah, no no seat is more than oh about fifteen feet from the edge of the stage in Colonial Players. Uh, so it's a very intimate space under normal circumstances. We've added some some things to make that. And I will say basis. that your seating risers tend to be a little. They seem to be. A little bit higher than normal, so I mean, yeah. you, you, don't, you know, even if that lady sits in front of you with the hat on, yeah. she's not probably going to be a problem. Yeah, the biggest thing that people have to get used to when they're when they're watching uh, theater in the round and when you're directing for theater around is understanding that uh, there will be times when when everybody's back will be to you, right? You know, you're as an actor, your back is to somebody at all times. all the time, right? And uh, as a director. Uh, you have to be extremely conscious of not favoring one side or the other or pretending that, you know, we're in a traditional theater. Because so you can't just play to the good seats. You can't just play to the good seats. <laughs> so we're very conscious of that here. Our directors are very conscious of that. Our new directors are very much made aware of that as part of the new director process. We like to think there are no bad seats in the house, and uh, we make every effort to make sure that, uh, you know, 75% of the time, an actor is looking at you. <laughs> you know, it, and it is. I mean, there are really truly no bad seats in the yeah, house. I was yeah. liking this to Ram's Head on stage where, yeah. you know, for live music and the level of venue, there's really no poor seats. There's yeah. some that are not as good as the best seats, of course, and, yeah. and that's the same here as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if this was comedy, I would say the best seats are probably in the back just so you don't get picked on in the right. front, in the front right. row. You know, you have restructured this theater now yep. to... I would say it's almost more of a traditional theater where you've got the stage in the front of the room. Yep. The audience fans out. It's not actually in front, but it sort of wraps around their stage. Right. In a, it's in it's a what, what we call it the what we call a thrust stage, so that the the stage actually thrusts into the into the audience a little. Look bit. at that! I'm learning new yep. words. Yep. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Colonial Players as an organization. You sure. are the president yep. tasked to run this organization. You served as vice president for a while. I know. Yep. So obviously you're well prepared for whatever came down the road, right? <laughs> I don't think anybody was well prepared for what came down the road. <laughs> but just run me through the Colonial Players. What is the? I mean, the Colonial Players we know it is is a theater. It is a community theater, and yeah. it's a wonderful asset to the city of Annapolis. Yeah, as I said, we've been here for uh, 72 years. 1949 was our first uh, production. It's a Thornton Wilder play called The Male Animal. Thornton Wilder is well known for Our Town, um, mm-hmm. which is probably his most famous play. Um, our organization is 100% volunteer. 
Um, so no one gets paid here. Our actors, our directors, our designers, everyone does it, as we say, for the love of it. But That I, shows. I mean, yeah. I've, I've been to several productions here, and it, it just shows. I mean, this is... Yeah. Uh, and, and as I said, I think uh, because we've been here for so long, we've, we've been able to uh, work on ourselves really well. Um, you know, we're very, very fortunate. Our longevity means that uh, we own our spaces. We, uh, we're in a relatively secure position financially. And so we've been able to invest in ourselves uh, and make ourselves better. And, you know, the, the quality of the productions that we put on here is first rate. I'd stack them up against anything that is being produced uh, professionally. And, you know, we really enjoy being a part of the community. We're right downtown. We're right next to the state house. That's, that's part of who we are. Um, a lot of people get frustrated with us because parking is a problem. Well, parking is a problem all over Annapolis. We know that. Okay, parking is not a problem if you know where to park. Right. But yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and honestly, if you go to one of the garages, this is yes. not not a big walk at all. But I guess where I was going with that is that you know we've we've thought about moving uh, to make it easier for people to get to us. Um, but Annapolis is so part of our character um, that, uh, you know, I don't think uh, we're seriously going to be entertaining uh, moving out of our space. I don't see how that could work. I mean, there are yeah. certain things that are iconic. I mean, we – okay, we'll throw we'll – throw, <laughs> you know, the Christmas. Yeah, okay. Christmas Carol. I, mean, I yeah. mean, Christmas Carol, they're lining up to get the tickets there. I mean, that is almost – the lineup and the hangout and the yep. and, and the hot chocolates in line and the and the, and the camaraderie the, that you have with your neighbors is almost and the people singing carols out in the street and, as a tradition yeah. as the the production itself yeah yeah and we're very fortunate for that we we it tore us it tore us up that we couldn't do it uh, this past year it was that was the year we do it every other year right and so uh, uh, 2020 was the year we were supposed to be doing a Christmas Carol we will be doing it in 2021 we will be doing it in 2021 yeah so so we're skipping. And yeah, we're, now, now we're, we're going to be doing the odd number of years. Um, we did it. We did a um, a three person uh, reading of a different version of a Christmas Carol, and we streamed that. It was a different production. It wasn't a musical, um, and it was it was wonderful as well. And it was a nice change. But uh, I would have almost rather have done that in a, in a normal off year rather than you know having yes. to put that in at the last minute. So we're, we're very excited. Same same team basically. Because we had to cancel most of our season seventy-two shows, our season seventy-three will be our <laughs> okay. Will be the seventy-two shows. So we'll we'll get a Christmas Carol back up, um, and and hopefully it's just that was just too large a show, even in the best of times. That that show involves you know over twenty individuals and music and lots of dancing, and it just wouldn't have worked. In a, How many shows in a season? Uh, so we do usually we do uh, six shows plus a holiday show in a season, and then uh, over the summer we might do a one act festival or a special project or um, uh, some other kind of activity that comes in from the outside or self produced. Uh, but our main subscri- subscription series is six shows, which is uh, pretty extensive for a community theater as well. That is a, again uh, an, something that I think sets us apart. Most community theaters will do three or four shows uh, uh, a year. A year. 
You said subscription, so that's that sort of intones that you guys are a membership organization, correct? So, uh, so we're a membership organization, just like uh, many nonprofits out there. We have memberships, um, and and we also have a subscriber base, and the two overlap, but sure. they're not necessarily one's not required of the other. And uh, yeah, so our our membership really forms uh, the core of our volunteer base. Um, they're the ones that are doing all the things behind the scenes, not just for a show, but for running the organization. Um, so yeah, this is the easy. This is the easy stuff that you see on front, right. building the sets and, yeah. and, and acting. It's everything else yeah. that makes it run. That yeah, you don't I mean, see. We're, we're, we we have a a annual budget that we need to take care of, and um, we have infrastructure that we need to take care of. Our volunteers are are the ones that do that um and it's it's incredible to me that we can maintain these facilities and this quality just on on the volunteer labor that we have obviously when we need plumbers we hire plumbers but right. well i know a couple of years ago i talked with the, the director and the the cast and whatnot of um a new brain which yep. uh, was here and i didn't even realize that you guys had a whole separate facility out, absolutely uh tucked out behind the i say tucked out behind the bowling alley yeah yeah that's which, our, which houses all the, all of your costuming and mm-hmm. your your sets that you can be repurposed and everything else, and that serves as a rehearsal spot as well. Yeah, is again very fortunate um, to have that that space. Uh, that's our uh, uh, costume shops, uh, scene shops, prop storage, uh, set storage, rehearsal venue. Uh, we have our boardroom over there for meetings. That's where the ugly magic happens. Yeah, it's where, so it's where, where the, the pretty yeah. magic happens here on, yeah. on East Street. <laughs> yeah, and there's always sort of that that moment when when a show transitions from the rehearsal space, you know, a mile and a half away, into the theater, and that's sort of, um, you know, when real as as an actor as a director, that's when reality sets in. And says, okay, we're we're, we're really going to do this. That's the OS moment. Yeah, right? yeah. That's like, okay, we're really doing this now. We're going to open. Well, one thing I noticed when I was talking with like Ron Giddings, I know, and I'm. I'm drawing a blank on the uh, director's name, but the young woman that was directing that one. But was the passion that was involved in everybody that was involved with this? I mean, yep. they, you know, this is a, this was a rehearsal. I watched them go through some musical numbers. I watched them work through a couple scenes and whatnot, and, and just the enjoyment that they were getting. I mean, this was they could have had the worst week of their life. Yep. And for those three hours or four hours or however long they went into the midnight hour, mm-hmm. they were just having the best times of their lives. And that does translate right here on the stage. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we have a, a sort of a motto which says we do this for the love of it. And that's really true. There's a feeling inside when you're able to do this um, of – you know, transporting yourself to different people, to different characters, to different to different places, to different situations, and I think that's what, for a lot of us, that's what keeps it coming back. Yeah, the the doing it in front of people and people enjoying it that's that's an important part. But there's something internal about that, and and it's a great bunch of people. I mean, we have a, a lot of fun with each other, um, and uh, you know, you you see you're working in one show with a great bunch of people and then you know, another show a year later it's a different group or overlapping group and it's just it's, so it's, it's a family I guess. It, it, it is very much a family and uh, that's I know that's what makes that's what inspires me uh, on the board and and to take that step up uh, from you know just working as a director and an actor to actually uh, helping uh, 
this organization um, move forward and and uh, you know be around for the next seventy two years. So, right. I presume that you guys rent the place out by the mall. Back. No, we own that too. You own that? Yeah, that, those are all condo spaces. Oh, really? I didn't realize. Yeah. I thought they were just. A, and and then well, that would lead to my next question. So you guys own this building as well. So this is. So you're not not here at the whims of a landlord. And and I can't tell you how important that is for theaters. Um, for a theater to own its own space, for a theater to have control of its own space, is uh, just amazing and, quite frankly, unique. Uh, because we we don't have to worry about a landlord suddenly deciding to turn this into a commercial space. Sure. Um, uh, we 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 can make the modifications we need to. Uh, this building has been renovated several times. A lot of people may not know this. This used to be a um, auto repair shop huh. um, uh, in the in the 40s and the 50s uh, when Colonial Players first started. We were. Uh, we were actually using community space downtown, um, and uh, when this uh, garage came up for sale, uh, we bought it uh, back in the – I say we, but, you know, <laughs> it wasn't around then. But the organization bought it and, and turned it into a theater, and um, uh, over the years we have uh, expanded uh, both out to the street and out to the side, and I think at this point we can't – I think the only place we can expand is straight up. But <laughs> right, that. right. Um, but it gives us a lot of uh, flexibility and, and and also responsibility. We own this space. We can't call up a landlord and say you got to fix this. Right. We, we we have to do it. And when the roof, Hello, the roof is leaking. Okay, uh, get, bring, bring, bring me, your ladder down and fix it. Yeah, believe me, our <laughs> operations director gets those calls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, the the building's got to be fairly old. I mean, yeah. it's not so the, the the core of it anyhow. Yeah. Um, how many? How I mean, are you selling tickets to your streaming? Yes, as well. How, yeah. Okay, thecolonialplayers.org is the website. That there is, is a V in front of that. Everything right. else is spelled out pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people go to colonialplayers.org, and that's an organization up in New Hampshire, I believe. So we're the Colonial Players. That's right. That's a good way to remember it. The Colonial Players. The Colonial Players. Uh, if you've got questions, just. Google it and put Annapolis yeah. after it. Yep. You come to the right yeah, you place. Go right to the right place. But yeah. tickets are on sale right now. Correct for Maytag Virgin. Right, both streaming and uh, and live. Um, same price. Um, we uh, we set a, a honorary price of twenty dollars and twenty one cents to, to honor the year we come out of this. A little mess. bit of a nod to in and out. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's uh, $20.21 per seat live and $20.21 per screen uh, on the on the streaming platform. Per household or per, per household. Yeah, so. I was joking with the Film Fest the other day. I said, so if I rented a really big Airbnb, yeah. I could bring like 500 people in. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You'd need a really huge screen to make that work. But, yeah, I guess, it's, I guess, it, uh, I guess that's that's – uh, somebody's always going to find a way around, yeah. way, way around it. But uh, and and again, the streaming you you can purchase the ticket right online at thecolonialplayers.org. Yep. You can also purchase now. How many are we limited to as far as in person? So and I'm assuming that goes to your members first, right? The, no, 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 no. It's first come. I mean, it's like any traditional box office. Um, uh, we we weren't able to do subscriptions for this year for obvious reasons. Okay. So um, it's just a standard box office. Uh, you go to the website to buy your tickets, or you can leave a 
a message on our box office phone, and they'll get back to you usually within 24 hours. A lot of times, much quicker than that. That's just because they're so happy to have somebody oh, yeah, calling yeah, in. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's live, yeah. live uh, entertainment. And again, our box office are volunteers, too. Every, everybody, everybody in this organization. There's no payroll in this there's organization. There's no payroll in this organization. Um, uh, we're all working together to make sure that uh, our audience can get their tickets and get in here. And our, our, our seating capacity is a little bit variable depending on the size of um, bubble groups, if you will. Okay. Um, so we think uh, we'll, we'll be able to sell a minimum of 30 and, and depending on the group size, maybe 40. Um, and our normal house is 180, so that's a that's a big decrease. That's a big drop because yeah. right right now, I mean, we're recording this at the end of March, and yep. the I believe the state's at 50 percent on live performance venues. Correct. So I mean, and you're down at like 25, 20, yeah, yeah. 20, 25, which yeah. is considerable. So, Less. but you don't you don't require a I mean a a single person could come in and buy a ticket. Absolutely. And a couple could come in. Yep. And a family of five could come in. Yep. So you, it's it's not like one of those things where you need to buy the whole table or the whole row nope. or no nope. no nope. in seats in. and then you just rearrange. I'm assuming the seats aren't necessarily assigned per se, but you sort of rearrange they'll, them. They'll be assigned as people buy them, um, and and uh, our our uh, box office and our our ticketing. Uh, processes automatically create spaces between groups that's probably something you had to figure out too oh absolutely (laughs) yeah yeah and and our and our um uh, our ticket vendors figure that out and you know we're working with them and uh you know we did uh um, some of the other safety things that we did uh we extensively um renovated and upgraded our hvac systems so now we have air purifiers in 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 line um, we are definitely increasing our uh, cleaning. Sure. Um, we'll do um, some major cleaning uh, before every weekend and in the middle of a weekend, and we'll do thorough cleaning after every show. We've revised some of our uh, box office pro- uh, policies sure. and things like that. There are, no, there are no seats out in our lobby because, unfortunately, we don't want people to hang out in the lobby. lobby. Yeah, so we'll, we'll take people right into the theater and give them their seats. That's all. In you our mentioned lives. you've got a Christmas show coming up. What is? Do we have any plans for any other shows this season at this point, or is it kind of? Um... So for the rest of this season, uh, we're working on um, one. Uh, we haven't publicly announced them yet, but we're working on one sort of what we'll call a special project musical, um, which will be done sort of cabaret style, uh, and then we're hopefully going to be able to present one other. Uh, more formal production, production uh, which would be late June and July. We're, we're still finalizing the okay. rights and the dates for that. And then, knock on wood, uh, we'll, we'll collectively all come out of the, the darkness by September, and we'll, we'll try and put on some semblance of a regular season uh, for season 73 uh, starting in September. Fantastic. TheColonialPlayers.org is the place that you want to go for tickets. You also want to go there for subscriptions and memberships, correct? Absolutely. Uh, you take them, right? And oh, if yeah. somebody just wants to throw cash at you, will you take that? Too? <laughs> of course. Of course. We, we, we're hey, you're always, a nonprofit, okay? <laughs> we're always grateful for donations. But I, I will say this. More, more important in some ways than donations is uh, uh, people's time and their, their volunteering. Uh, I've said this over and over again. We are a volunteer organization, um, and... 
We love it when people step up and say, you know, I want to help on a show or I want to help with, uh, um, I want to learn how to do sound design. I want to learn how to do lighting design. I want to help build a set. I want to, we love that. And, and we are always looking for people that, that, can, that can jump in and want to learn. Well, volunteer as well. Yep. The, thecolonialplayers.org. We're talking with Steve Tobin, who is the president of the organization. Tickets for this show are 2021, which I think is a fantastic way to yep. kick it out, hopefully. Yep. Kick it out of our uh, world when it came in and when it left with COVID. I am so happy, so thrilled to see live performance coming back, both in the music realm as well as the theater realm. Yeah. Uh, even even into the theaters, yeah, um, yeah. movies is uh, a great thing, and and our fingers are all collectively crossed that uh, our leaders are doing the right thing, and we're we're on the on the end of this tail end of this uh, it's all, crazy pandemic. It's all about the timing. Yeah, we're really excited. Maytag Virgin is a great show um, to to open up our our theater with. Um, as I said earlier, it's a great metaphor for what we've all been going through, um, and it's it's a good story. And I think people will will really feel it in their heart. And I think it's going to set us up wonderfully for coming back to the quote unquote real world. The Maytag Virgin does open up on April 9th, yep. runs through the twenty fifth, so you've got about three, three weeks, three weekends, yeah, three, three weekends, weekends there. Uh, seating obviously limited in person. Unlimited in streaming. Unlimited in streaming. So I do recommend jump on those seats that you can get them. Again, there's not a crappy seat in the house. No. And I'm looking at the set here, the set design and everything else, and it's uh, you're right there up on top of the actors, or the actors are right there up on top of you. Uh, Safely. Appropriately distanced. Appropriately distanced. (laughs) We've been out with measuring tapes, believe me. (laughs) We we need to come up. I'm going to come up with a dictionary of words that I never want to hear again the rest of my life. Pivot is is number one of them. We're we're all in this together is another (laughs) Social distancing is Uh, up there. Yeah. There's plenty of those out there. But uh, Steve Tobin, thank you very much for your time this morning. Congratulations on steering this ship through this muck that has been 2020 and coming out alive and thriving in 2021 with the Maytag Virgin opening up here at the Colonial Players on April 9th. Thecolonialplayers.org is where you want to go for pretty much everything, right? Yep. It's all there. Thanks very much. All right. Thank you, John, so much. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.